Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and if you are watching the YouTube version, you see there's another guy with me. We are joined by Hawkeye Reports' Kyle Huseman. Uh, Kyle, it is an honor to have you on the show, and I'm really excited to talk about women's basketball because this team is going to be very good. How are you doing, though, before we get into the show today? I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm very excited to, to go to some women's basketball games. Obviously, tomorrow night they kick it off with the first game. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I've been kind of waiting for the season to start since I got the uh, told from Tom that I was going to do this. So it's finally here. It's super exciting stuff. Have they had a women's basketball reporter before, like a dedicated one for Hawkeye Report? Uh, I don't believe so. I think it's just kind of here and there stuff. Uh, obviously, Tom and then Blair Sanderson, they have football and basketball, so they're busy with that. It's hard to do you know, three, four, five sports all in Iowa. So it's kind of fun. It's, I mean, it's fun that they got me in and that I'm able to do this. Absolutely, man. I mean, and I think it speaks volumes to how good this Iowa women's basketball program can be in the future, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Before we get to that, though, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. And if you are watching the YouTube channel, you can see our Twitter bios down there. Check out Kyle. He's going to be covering Iowa women's basketball all season. Uh, if you want to get your news on Caitlin Clark and all the others, definitely go to Kyle. All right, man. So let's get into it. Uh, this women's basketball team, they have the chance to be one of the best teams we've ever seen for Iowa women's basketball. One of the best basketball teams we've seen men or women's in the Iowa Hawkeye athletic community. Um, what is the thought around the locker room? And, and when you talk to Lisa and, and some of the players, uh, what is the expectations this year? Is it is it NCAA championship or bust? Uh, Caitlin Clark is the one that's come out and said that her goal is to get the, help get this team to a Final Four. And everything that I've heard players and, and then Coach Bluter talking is that they're really excited to not not only get a chance to have a chance to make, you know, the final four, the elite eight, something like that, uh, but to just be back on the court and playing, you know, with fans at Carver and fans at away venues, because last year was so different uh, with, you know, with COVID having, they basically had no one there it was parents at games. Uh, so from that standpoint, they're just excited to be playing basketball in front of people now. And then, yeah, they're just, they're just really excited because they know obviously with as many people that they have back uh, that they have a chance to put together a really special season. Yeah, I mean, this team returns, I believe, every significant contributor from last year's program. Anyone who had basically over one point per game is back on the team. Am I, am I remember that correctly? Are we uh, I have to look at the exact stats. It, their top five starters are back. Uh, a couple of the main pieces off the bench are back. And then they added in uh, the transfer, Kylie Fearbach from Iowa State. She's going to be a big piece off the bench. So, yeah, basically anyone that played a big part of last year's back. Uh, now, one of the backup centers, Sharon Goodman, she tore her ACL. Uh, so she's out for the season, but we'll, I'm assuming we'll get more into uh, kind of who's going to be backing up uh, Monica Sonano a little bit later. But yeah, basically every big piece from last year's back. I love it, man. And, and last year's team was interesting because that team uh, struggled a little bit initially, weren't, weren't able to close out some games, really didn't hit their stride, I feel like, till middle part of the season. And the whole time, it was all offense, offense, offense. The defense wasn't doing its part at all. But on the back of Caitlin Clark and Monica Sonano and, and several others, this offense got rolling and it carried them to a sweet 16, uh, a team that I think no one kind of expected to get there. I mean, if you had looked at this team in the preseason of last year, no one even had them projected to go to the NCAA tournament. 
Now they make it to the Sweet 16. There's a little bit of a target on their backs. They're a top 10 team. But I feel like people are still overlooking Iowa. They're overlooking Caitlin Clark and what she can do. They're overlooking the fact that this team returns, like you said, pretty much everyone. So do you feel like that's the case with this team? I mean, is it is it possible to be a top 10 team that's underrated? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Anytime you're in the top 10, especially when the Big Ten's as stacked as it is, it's hard to be kind of overlooked. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, they're the third-ranked team in the Big Ten, even though they're number nine. Indiana's ahead of them. Uh, Maryland's ahead of them. And then you have Michigan's right behind them at 11. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, when you have a conference that's as stacked as the Big Ten is, and with Maryland as good as they are, um, you kind of just forget about some of those other teams and kind of lean to maybe it's probably just Maryland that's going to win it. Uh, but, yeah, it's a little bit of a different vibe for them because of the fact that last year they were really young, so no one really expected them to do what they did. And I think I think Coach Bluter would probably tell you that they were a little bit ahead of schedule last year on making the Sweet 16. Um, but, yeah, they they know that, that teams are going to be kind of coming for them now that they're ranked in the top 10, and as you should expect with being a top 10 team. Um, but they're all, they're all really excited to be – in this position and they're happy that people are, are going to be coming for me because they, they like that type of pressure. Absolutely. Any, any competitor does like that kind of pressure. They don't want the easy route. They want to take on the get the best teams that, you know, the best teams that are going to give them the best competition. Um, Caitlin Clark is the person who gets this team going though. I mean, without Caitlin Clark, this team doesn't make the NCAA tournament last year. Uh, they don't go as far as they did without a Caitlin Clark on the floor yet. I still feel like Caitlin Clark also is a little bit underappreciated. Uh, Paige Becker's, Definitely getting more notoriety. Um, Caitlin Clark, not a unanimous preseason All-American. Uh, didn't take home nearly as much hardware as she should have last year, in my opinion. Um, is there a reason why? Is it is it the fact that she's you – know, I guess I don't know. Why, why would Caitlin Clark not get as much uh, hoopla and hype as some of these other you know, fantastic college women's basketball players? But what Caitlin Clark did on a team last year that wasn't supposed to go to the NCAA tournament, I think, is second to none in terms of uh, what she did last season. Yeah, I think I think kind of the first thing you talked about, Paige Becker. She's she's an excellent basketball player. I've watched her a uh, decent amount as well, and she she's one of the, she's probably first or second best player in college basketball. I think the thing that that comes with why she's getting more recognition is just the fact that she's on Connecticut. Uh, they're obviously a historically incredible basketball program, so she's gonna. She, it's kind of like with Alabama and college football; they're gonna be the ones that are gonna get recognized first. Uh, and I think it also matters with the fact that Iowa wasn't expected to be anything great last year. Uh, so it probably took half to three quarters of the season before the actual like big name ESPN was noticing like, hey, this Caitlin Clark's really good because they didn't expect her to be at the beginning of the season to be on a team that was going to do uh, what they did. So, yeah, I mean, she was second team All-American last year, probably should have been first team. Uh, she had better statistics than Paige Beckers, so she could have been the freshman of the year. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's other things like you said, she wasn't a unanimous all American, which baffled me that they're, I, I, they don't tell you who votes and who they voted for, but I'd like to know who didn't, who, uh, didn't put Caitlin Clark on their first, uh, team all American ballot. But yeah, I mean, she's getting all the accolades. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything different, uh, this year. She's going to be winning a lot of awards, getting a lot of recognition. Absolutely, man. Another person who's going to be getting hopefully some recognition, Monica Shinano, an all Big Ten player. We want to talk about her. We want to talk about the rest of this team. We're going to talk about all that, though, in a few short moments. I do want to tell you all about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I personally love this, and I know that you will too. 
Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world. And they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. And they offer any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And they also got basketball props in there as well. Here's how it works, though. You pick two to five players, you pick an over-under on their projections, and you can 10x your entry. It's that easy. You can make these picks in 60 seconds or less using their award-winning app. And all of Prize Picks with you know, deposits and withdrawals are safe and fast. Right now, all of our listeners though can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code Locked On. So don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And I want to thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes. All right, Kyle, so we talked a little bit about the underappreciation in my in my perception of, of this Iowa women's basketball squad. Let's talk about this year's team, though, and what actually matters, the on-court performance. The starting five, more than likely, I'm pretty sure there's going to be at Caitlin Clark, Kate Martin, McKenna Warnock, Gabby Marshall, Monica Shinano. We know it starts with Caitlin Clark. We know Monica Shinano has had some very big games. Gabby can knock down a ton of shots and really did a great job of that towards the end of last season. Kate is just a girl who's all over the place. McKenna Warnock, um, another relatively reliable scorer. I think we know what we get with this the starting five. The same starting five from last year. They are solid. They are rock solid. Where we had issues was two areas, in my opinion. The defense was atrocious. I don't think that's really an opinion. That is just legitimate fact. One of the worst defenses in the entire nation last year. And also the inability to score when Caitlin Clark went on the bench. It was almost as if the offense couldn't really function super well. So let's start with defense. Has the defense improved from last year? And I know that's been kind of a talk from Lisa Bluter, but um, how do you feel like the defense will improve or do you feel like it will improve going into year two with Caitlin Clark? Yeah, you're definitely right. Last year they uh, or they allowed 80.6 points per game, I believe that was. Uh, that was dead last in all of Division One. That wasn't that wasn't near the end. That was last. So um, <laughs> they they were obviously struggled on defense, but the reason they won games is because they were able to score so much. Uh, but yeah, they the whole team, uh, every player that we interviewed during media day and have talked to, uh, and Coach Bluter, they talked about their emphasis on not just defense at all or in general, but defensive rebounding, um, just getting more communication on defense. So that way everybody's on the same page when they're on the court. And yeah, they were coach Bluter talked about, they were practices this summer where the first 10 minutes of practice would be about offense, but then the rest of their practice was all defense, whether it was uh, working and like defending, it was just all defensive work most of the time. Uh, so yeah, they have, they have a great emphasis on, they know that defense is going to be make it or break it this year for them. So if they want to be a sweet 16 team again, they don't have to change anything. If they want to be a Final Four team, they know they have to get better on defense. And, yeah, I mean, we've only seen one game, a scrimmage, an exhibition game there against Truman State. Um, they held them to 32 points, which was which is obviously nice. Uh, I thought the communication, from what I could hear uh, in the press area, I thought the communication on defense was a lot better than last year. And Coach Bluter said the same thing. She thought the communication was good. She thought the help defense was good. Um, but that's something that you're just going to have to watch getting into the beginning of the season. And luckily, they play some good teams in the non-conference. Uh, so by the time we get into Big Ten play, we will know uh, how that defense is doing and whether they have a shot to be something really special. Absolutely, man. And I think the other piece to note is that there's a lot of contributors that Iowa has on that second unit as well, uh, bringing in a top 25 recruiting class, bringing in Kylie Fireback from Iowa State, who was a top 100 player as well the year before i mean there are some really big time reinforcements coming into this team i know the, the loss of sharon goodman is huge 
But the thing I want to ask you is last year when Caitlin Clark went off the court, the offense seemingly stalled out. Uh, it just, there wasn't a lot of, um, just didn't seem like the flow was there. They weren't making a lot of shots. It was tough to basically buy a basket when Caitlin Clark was off the floor. Now, Caitlin Clark does dominate the ball. She shoots a lot and she is a very good playmaker in general. What is the plan when Caitlin Clark's off the floor? Who do you think can step in and be that person who facilitates and runs this offense? Um, n- not at the same level of Caitlin Clark, but man, just even 50% of what Caitlin Clark can do. Yeah, I, right there towards the end of what you're saying is what you're kind of hitting on. Is it, I don't think it necessarily has to be someone that can score a lot of points when she's off the court. First off, she's going to be playing. She played 34 minutes a game last year, so she's off the she court. She played a lot. She's off the court for maybe six to eight minutes a game. Uh, so you're not looking for a, a huge gap. Um, but like like kind of we've been saying, they have so many people returning. They brought in Fearbach from Iowa State. They have the scorers uh, that will be on the court when Caitlin's not there. It's, I think it's more about who's going to be running the offense. And in that exhibition, we saw I saw a few. There were different people bringing the ball up the court. Kate Martin at times brought the ball up the court. Tommy Tywell brought the ball up the court at times. Even Kylie Fearbach came up the court with the ball a few times. Uh, so I think it's just kind of finding that right option of who can run the offense the best when Caitlin's not on the court. And like I said, it's only going to be for, you know, a handful of minutes a game. And like you said, it doesn't – they don't have to be going out. They don't have to dominate the game while she's off the court. They just have to, to be able to be formidable and score points and have someone that can run the offense at, at an, a slightly above average level, in my opinion. Couldn't agree more. I mean, if this is not – Last year's Fran McCaffrey squad where he would get pissed off because Iowa couldn't play defense and sub in the entire second string unit against Maryland and get a 20-point lead. That's not what we're expecting from the second string unit. We just need to stay even until we can get some of the starters back in. If they get an advantage, awesome. Um, So let's talk about some of those backups, though, and some of the people who are going to be coming off the bench. Um, First, you mentioned Sharon Goodman being injured. Who is going to be backing up Monica Shinano, and what do you think the rotation is going to look like there? Are they going to go a bit smaller, um, or are they going to try to play uh, another big behind Monica Shinano? Yeah, they have Logan Cook, who's going to be a senior this year. She's six foot one, so she's a couple inches shorter than Shinano. Uh, as far as I've heard, even today, Blue, Lisa Bluer said that she's going to still be the first one off the bench uh, in place of Sonano. Um, but the one that's really been surprising so far through the first game there was uh, the freshman Addison O'Grady. She's the tallest one on the roster at six foot four, and she was very impressive against Truman State. Ran the floor really well. She had 19 points uh, on nine of 12 shooting. So she's going to be a big offensive piece. She's going to see a lot of time. Um, but yeah, I think the loss of Sharon Goodman is obviously it's it's not a small loss. It's a big loss because she was projected to be the backup. Um, but I think Logan Cook and Addison O'Grady will do a good job. Of filling in. I think they have three really good pieces there, especially if O'Grady can can be as good as she just showed in that exhibition game. Uh, she really came out and played really well. And then Logan Cook uh, has been there for, you know, this is, as I said, she's a senior, so she has a lot of experience as well. And early in the season, that's why they're going with Cook is because she's the experienced option. She doesn't make a lot of mistakes and they don't want to be putting a freshman in there right away. Um, so by the, by the middle point of the season, maybe you see O'Grady getting, you know, more minutes than Cook, but right now it's going to be Logan Cook. Absolutely. And you mentioned O'Grady, who had a fantastic showing against Truman State. Um, there were three kind of big recruits in this class for Iowa. You had Addison O'Grady, Sidney Alphatar, and A.J. Ettinger, excuse me, A.J. Ettinger being the top recruit in that class, played the least amount of time. What do you expect to see from Sidney and A.J.? Um, do you expect them to get a lot of playing time? And is there any concerns with the lack of minutes for A.J.? Or is it more of just, it's kind of a crowded little spot there at that three spot? 
Yeah, I, I think that'll be kind of something that you'll have to watch through the first couple of games of the season. They get they get New Hampshire, uh, they get Samford early, and they play Southern as well. Those should be games that they can win by, you know, 20, 30 points. And you'll get to see who's kind of getting some of those minutes in those games, and they start mixing uh, some people off the off the bench. And, yeah, you said Edgar. She only played five, six minutes. She actually played pretty well uh, in those five to six minutes, had a couple of good defensive possessions, uh, had a couple of good – she scored a couple of points, had a couple of good offensive possessions. Uh, so I don't, I don't necessarily know what the reasoning there is, what, why she didn't get more minutes. And then you, uh, mentioned a Folter, the, uh, other freshman, she saw some time as well. She, uh, don't have the stats out from that game. She was up there in double digit minutes. Um, I don't really know what their rotation is going to be at this time. Like you said, it's kind of, kind of a crowded lineup with basically everyone that we've talked about. You're talking about 10, 11 people that we think can be on the floor in a game. Um, so it'll be just kind of one of those things where you have to feel it out, watch them play for the first week or two. And then the rotation will start to get tighter, and then we'll start to see who's really going to be down the stretch, who's going to be the big contributors. It's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have that many types of players and that many players who you feel comfortable with being on the floor. Um, it was a thing that I don't think Iowa had that benefit, that luxury last year. I mean, you're looking at four new people they brought in, and also the people they had before, they're redshirting and younger, getting another year of experience. It's a big uh, it's a big asset for the Iowa Hawkeye women's basketball squad. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the expectations for the season, though. I want to talk about the schedule. Uh, they only have Maryland once. And that's a home game. That's pretty good when you look at the fact that Maryland is projected to be the best team in the Big Ten. We're going to be covering all that in a few short moments. I do want to tell you about betonline.ag because betonline.ag is back and better than ever. And it remains my number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Also be on the lookout. They might be having some women's basketball props. Take some over-unders on the Iowa women's basketball squad, kicking the crap out of teams, especially early on in the season. You can do that all at betonline.ag. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you need to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for that 50% welcome bonus from basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, Kyle, we've talked about this lineup a little bit. We've kind of talked about almost every single person. Again, we didn't focus as much on the starting lineup because anyone who's listening to this and is concerned about Iowa women's basketball probably watched some games last year, and you are very familiar with the starting five. You know what you're getting with the starting five. We've talked about the guy, the, the women behind those starting five. Let's talk about the expectations for the season. So, obviously, Caitlin Clark wants to get to the Final Four. After going to the Sweet 16, that's kind of the, that's the floor at this point, I feel like, for expectations. You have to get to the Sweet 16. I think they very well could. But they got to survive the Big Ten gauntlet first. So what are your predictions for the season? Do you feel like Iowa reasonably has a chance to win the Big Ten regular season title? The way, the way I kind of look at the Big Ten right now is kind of similar to what you get some years with the men's side is where you, you're not talking about one team that's going to go out and, you know, I – play go 16 and two in conference that's just not going to happen I think it's going to be more of a a 14 and four type team even maybe 15 and five or uh whatever Uh, I'm like well I'm trying to do the math in my head (laughs) um I think I think this I mean there's five teams ranked in the big 10 right now and then Michigan State received some votes uh there's potentially eight nine ten teams that are going to be fighting to make the NCAA tournament uh so every night you're going to be playing a big game uh whether it's home or away so I I, it's going to be interesting it's going to be talking about uh, Maryland, especially because they're going to be the favorite. How many times do they lose? Um, and then 
Iowa, obviously, with their schedule. It's, I think Iowa's schedule is probably one of the tougher ones, not looking at anyone else's. They have to play Indiana and Michigan, both home and away. Those are both top 12 teams. Um, and then Maryland, obviously, comes here to Carver. It's it's tough to say early because you really don't know how it's going to play out. I They got picked third. I think that's a pretty fair spot. Um, they'll be up there towards the end of the season. It's just going to matter kind of what happens around the rest of the league and who, if a team does break away and try to take that top spot. Absolutely. They have a very interesting schedule. You mentioned one of the tougher ones you feel like in the Big Ten. It's very backloaded as well. I mean, they have the early part of the season. In my opinion, they they have Iowa State, which is going to be a very tough non-conference game. But after that, it's not until January 23rd where they play a team that is currently ranked in the top 25. They have Michigan State and IUPUI who are getting some votes. But January 23rd, and you played – one top 25 team at that point, and then you just get the gauntlet for a month and a half, as you mentioned, Michigan twice, Indiana twice, Maryland. Um, this team does have a little bit of opportunity to build some of that momentum going into some of those tougher games. That that February is going to be quite interesting for this squad. Um, curious, getting Maryland at home, obviously an advantage. You'd rather play a team at home than on the road. How big of an advantage is it, is it that Carver-Hawkeye Arena is so full for these women's basketball teams. As you mentioned before we actually started the show, Lisa Bluter had said, you know, we're typically in the top 10 in attendance. We had almost 5,000 people at an exhibition for women's college basketball. I mean, the kind of support this team gets is unheard of across the country for the most part. How big of a factor do you feel like that plays into uh, some of these games? Uh, before, I was, before I get in that, I was going to talk about that non-comment schedule real quick. Um so, yeah, they, like you said, there's not a lot of ranked teams in there. Northern Iowa is going to be at Cedar Falls. That's coming up on Sunday. That's going to be a, a tricky game. They always play them tough. Uh, they go to Cancun for that tournament. They play Seton Hall and USC. Both teams were projected on the bubble at the beginning of the year. Uh, Duke's going to be a tournament team. They have to go to Duke for that one. Uh, they brought in a lot of transfers. It's kind of an unknown because they had their season canceled last year. Uh, and then you mentioned IUPUI, Iowa State. And then UCF made the tournament last year, and they bring back their, all five of their starters. Uh, so not not a lot of ranked teams in there, but th there's going to be a lot of tough tests in there uh, before they get to this conference schedule. And I think that'll end up helping them a lot. Um, and then going to Carver, what you were saying there, playing Maryland at home. That's that's we got a while to wait before that one. It's uh, there February 14th, fourth to last game of the season. That's going to be a huge game, and it it could very well be depending on how the two teams go. That could be a top 10, top 15 matchup. Um, but yeah, I think especially after a season where. COVID had such small crowds. You're gonna, I think you're just gonna in general have more people showing up to games. And some of these teams have freshmen and sophomores that haven't really played in front of crowds like this. Um, so I think that could be a huge advantage when you get to the towards the end of the season. If you have, you know, 10, 12,000 people at Carver, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big game, and you're gonna have people showing up and they're gonna be loud for the game. And anytime you find a go to arena, whether it's Carver Hawkeye Arena or any other place around the country, you get a lot of people in there, and it's 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 a tough place to play. Absolutely, man. Kyle, this is why I bring you on the show, because I look at the schedule and I say, oh, they only play one ranked team. We're good to go. And you're like, wait a second, buddy. There are a lot of tough games in the schedule for Iowa before they get even into the Big Ten schedule. I follow Iowa women's basketball. I am not a student of women's college basketball across the board. I need to get better at that. But Kyle, that's why we bring you on here, man. This this expertise is golden. Um, so the last question I have for you, this is a bit bit fur further in the, the landscape here, but this team only has one senior in that starting lineup it's monica shano last year that whole group technically got a free year do you feel like there's an opportunity that monica returns for another season um well i does she get an extra year? she's listed as a senior so i don't know that she gets another year 
I guess I, I don't at, know. I, I feel like, yeah, that's what I guess I've looked at it and everyone technically bumped up. And I'm wondering if they're doing that with the caveat that you still have a free year because of COVID. Uh, I would have to, I would have to look in that. I guess I, I know some, it depends on the website. Some team sites did move it up. Uh, anyway, uh, as far as I know, she's a senior. I'm not sure. I guess that's something that I don't know. Um, but yeah, if she if if she still has another year, like I said, I don't know. Uh, that would definitely be something that she could look into if this team brings everyone back again, like they will. Um, they they could be an even better team then. You'd be talking about possibly three years in a row the same starting lineup. Be pretty be pretty wild. So, um, final question for you: What are your predictions for this season? Yeah, I, I think it it's a lot on the defense, like we talked about. It's going to depend on how much defensive improvement they have. We know their offense is going to be incredible. They were right up there, second in the nation points per game. Uh, like like we've been talking about, they have everyone back. They added in Kylie Fearbach from Iowa State, so they should be scoring 85, 90 points a game. Um, so it's going to come down to did they improve on defense. And if they can improve just a little bit, even at the end of last year, I was looking at, you know, if they – if they dropped their points per game average by five game or five, six points, they would have been in the mid two hundreds. And all of a sudden you're talking about a 20 and 10 team becomes a 26 and four team with the offense that they have. Um, so yeah, it's going to come down to defense. How much do they improve? Um, the big town, like we've been talking about, is going to be a really tough conference and that's going to, and even with the non-conference, that's going to help them when they get to March um, and go into the NCAA tournament. Uh, Lisa Blue said before the season, she believes that making the Sweet 16 is easier than winning the Big Ten regular season title. So that just talks about the type of games that they're going to be playing before the tournament. Um, I, I think they're going to I think they're a team that can make the Elite Eight and then have a chance at that final four spot, because I just think they have that much talent offensively. And I think they know they know that if they want to make the final four have a chance at a national title, they need to improve on defense. They talked about it all all summer. I I think that they have the shot to make an elite eight make a final four run and it will once you get to the tournament it'll depend on what kind of what the draw is for who plays who but yeah i, I said it in my preseason article i think this is an elite eight team that will have a shot at the final four at the end of the season yeah and i mean last year's draw stunk right i mean you get uconn in your bracket i mean uh what are you supposed to do about that not exactly the best draw could have even been better last season had they maybe not been on that side of the bracket. So that's also very important as they try to get a better seed going into this year's tournament. Uh, Kyle, you mentioned your preseason article. Where can folks find all of your work at today? Yeah, it's uh, HawkeyeReport.com. Uh, it's a rival site. Tom Kakert and I, we, and Blair Sanderson does football. We all uh, help get that site going. I'm just happy to be with them. They gave me the opportunity to work with it. It's been a great time. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow my work throughout the season, I tweet it from my from my Twitter account, which is there at the bottom of the screen. And then, yeah, on hockeyreport.com under the basketball section, all season I'll be uh, posting articles. I'll be at the game, all the home games. I plan on going to a couple of away games. So, yeah, any support that you guys have for me is great. Awesome. Well, as always, we appreciate having you on. Appreciate your expertise. Clearly, you have a lot of insight into what to expect for this women's basketball team. And I want to thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. If you want more Locked On content, check out the Locked On Big Ten podcast as Nate Dickinson breaks down all the news and notes around the Big Ten. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Have a phenomenal Wednesday. Today's Monday, Tuesday. We're dropping this on Tuesday. Wow, I'm all – have a phenomenal Tuesday. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.